my favourite scripture, John 1. <laughs> John 1, verse 14 and 16 and 17. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Out of His fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Out of His fullness, not your fullness, not my fullness, out of His fullness. His fullness means everything of, of Him and about Him, everything that He has. Out of His fullness we have received grace upon grace and blessing upon blessing, favor upon favor. And you know He's not empty. And He will never run empty. And His fullness is constantly full because He is God. He is the creator of the universe. He spoke this creation that we see. He spoke it into existence. He maintains it with the power of His Word. Out of His fullness we have received undeserved, unmerited favor. Do you know that blesses me so much? He is so awesome. He's not a prophet. He's not a, a God who hates. He's not a God who condemns. Out of His fullness we have received blessing upon blessing, favor upon favor, undeserved, unmerited favor and grace. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you know that blesses me? I can just say amen. <laughs> that blesses me so much to think about it. When I meditate upon these things, I am overwhelmed just by thinking about who He really is and that He has given me the right to belong to Him. He has given me this right to be part of His family. He has made me His child. I'm a child of God and so are you. Yes. You are a child of God. Mm -hmm. Just think about it for a moment. You are mm -hmm. a child, you are part of the family of a heavenly creator. The God above all gods, the Lord above all lords, mm. the King above all yeah. kings. You belong to His family. That is the privilege that you have. And you didn't earn it and you didn't deserve it. He gave it to you freely. Out of His fullness, He gave you His life. And tonight I actually want to speak on condemnation. Because Romans 8 verse 1 says, Therefore, there is now. When? Now. 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 When is now? Now, now is forever. Mm -hmm. Because now is now, and a minute later now is now. Mm -hmm. And tomorrow now is now. It is an unending process of time. Mm -hmm. Now does not have a beginning, and it doesn't have an end. Because now is a continuous thing. Mm -hmm. So therefore now... There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ 
Jesus. No condemnation. The Greek word for condemnation means to give judgment against or to pass sentence upon or to condemn someone or something for a crime and to be punished. So condemnation is judgment. Condemnation is punishment. So where does condemnation come from? Yes, but it originated in the Garden of Eden. That's where it originated. And the forerunner of condemnation is shame and guilt. When man partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden, he started developing a conscience. Your conscience is that part of you which is within you, which knows good and evil. A believer or a non-believer, every human being has a conscience. Some people's consciences are more sensitive and other people's consciences are seared, depending on how they live, depending on what, what they do. But your conscience understands justice. Your conscience understands sin. And your conscience says sin must be punished. So condemnation affects both believers and unbelievers. Mm. But only believers in Christ Jesus have the supernatural mm. power and the gift of no condemnation that we have received through Christ Jesus. The power of the finished work of Christ has the ability to bring us out of condemnation. You see, because you have a conscience, and because your conscience knows good and evil, man naturally makes laws to live by. So whether you follow the law of Moses, or whether you follow rules and regulations that you've made a law unto yourself, for righteous living, or for good living, or for healthy living, or for exercise, or for whatever. Whatever you make a law of in your life, you will find that you're not able to keep it. Okay. You are not able to keep laws. Some at some or other stage, you're going to miss. You're going to miss it. You're going to fail in whatever you've purposed to do. And what is the result of your failure? Condemnation, guilt, and condemnation, and accusation. And very, very often, you accuse yourself. You accuse yourself of condemnation. You know, what you believe about yourself is extremely important. If you believe in your identity that you have in Christ Jesus, you can get rid of condemnation. Yeah. 
But if you believe in your own identity, you also believe in your own failure. You believe in your own shortcoming. You believe that you are not good enough. And you will always strive to be better. You will always strive to be more perfect. Is that wrong to strive to be more perfect? No. Must we work the best that we can possibly work in our jobs? Yes, of course. That's not what I'm talking about. I am talking about you yourself as a person. There is no good in man automatically. Paul says, there is no good in my flesh. Absolutely nothing. He says, because what I want to do, I don't do. And what I don't want to do, I do. And that is what, that is what happens. And condemnation is part of our lives. And you know, the Bible calls the law speaking of the Ten Commandments, speaking of the law of Moses. In 2 Corinthians 3, verse 7 to 9, it, the Bible calls it a ministry of death mm. and condemnation. Mm. Galatians 3, verse 19 to 22 says, Why was the law given at all? It was added because of transgressions until... Hallelujah. Until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. That seed was Jesus. The law was in operation until Jesus came for the believer. Is the law therefore opposed to the promises of God? Verse 21. Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. The law cannot impart life. You know, because I was so extremely legalistic and religious, and I was extremely sincere, but sincerely wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I brought up my child with such strong discipline. I was, a, I was a strict mom. I loved him. I loved him terribly. But I was far too strict. Far too strict. And it caused much damage. Much damage. And in that area, I am so sensitive. I am accused. I, it is so difficult for me sometimes to always push away, push away, you were a bad mother. You were a bad mother. And Satan accuses me. And if something happens, the first thing comes, you are a bad mother. But thank God for Christ yes. Jesus, because in him there is therefore now no condemnation. Yes. And what his blood washes away, his blood has washed away, and he brings fullness and he brings complete restoration. Yes. You see, the law demands <coughs> righteousness from you, but grace imparts righteousness. Man has no ability in himself to try to fulfill the law's demands. Man has no ability in himself to constantly do good. 
And therefore, because we have not that ability, if we try and do it out of our own strength, we are cursed for breaking the law. That's what it says in Galatians. You are cursed for breaking the law. But grace imparts perfection. Grace imparts perfection. And you have received perfection. Out of his fullness you've received his perfection. Is there anything wrong with Jesus? Has he done anything wrong? Does he have any flaw in his character? <coughs> Has he ever sinned? Is he cruel? He's perfect. Out of his perfection, he has given you and imparted to you perfection. You are perfect in his eyes. And all you need to do is to believe. Believe it. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because Christ was condemned for you on your behalf. He took the punishment of sin on your behalf. In Leviticus you read about all the different offerings that man had to bring. And a man had to bring a sin offering to the priest whenever he sinned. And the priests were standing offering animals from morning until night. Every single day. Every single day. Can you imagine? Can you imagine sheep? Can you just imagine how many sheep, how many lambs go? Just think about it. And the smell of blood and the smell of burnt meat and, this, and the sound of all these animals. Can you imagine what it sounded like? And so if a man sinned, he had to take his animal to the priest, and then the priest examined the lamb. Note, the priest didn't examine the man. He already knew he came because he was sinful. He examined the lamb because the lamb had to be perfect. And when the lamb was perfect, the man had to take his hands, lay his hands on the head of the lamb, as an, a sign of identification and as a sign of impartation. And what happened was through the laying on of hands, he believed that now his sins are transferred from himself onto the innocent lamb who then became the sacrifice and who then paid the price for the man's sin and his sins were covered for a year or for until the next time. Amen. Amen. Our perfect lamb was Jesus. Yeah. And when the Pharisees and the priests examined him, they found him guilty. And they condemned him. And they said, crucify him. They found him guilty. And when the Romans scourged him, they laid their hands on him and they plucked his beard and they put 
a crown of thorns on his head. And the sins of the world was transferred to the Lamb of God who paid the price so that we can be free. The perfect Lamb took the sins of the world and paid the price so that we can be free. And through him taking that price, dying on our behalf, he reversed the impartation and we received the gift of righteousness and we received the gift of no condemnation because he said, as far as I am now concerned, you are perfect. Those who believe in me as the Savior now, you are perfect. And he never had to do it again. Isn't that wonderful? Are you enjoying this as much as I'm yes. enjoying it? <laughs> Jesus' sacrifice was once and for all. Once and for all. And your sins were removed forever. Listen to me. Forever. Sin was removed from you forever because he took the full punishment. So if he took the full punishment for your sin, what is there to be condemned of? What is there to be judged of? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who have received this gift of faith, who have received this gift of no condemnation, who have received this gift of righteousness. You are righteous forever, not by your own works, but by him giving it to you. And that sets you free. That absolutely sets you free. But you know, Jesus warns against this... Uh, <laughs> yes, if you could close the blinds, please. So Jesus warns against this kind of condemnation. And he warns against legalism. And he warns against... He calls it the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And in Matthew 16, in uh, verse 5, we read, When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Verse 11. How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? Because they argued, they said, well, is it now because we've forgotten to take bread? He says, no, why? How is it that you don't understand that I was not talking about bread, normal bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread but against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And we know that in, in all the letters that Paul wrote to the churches, he addressed problems that came as a result of the Pharisees coming in 
and wanting to bring the law back mm. into the church. Telling people, for example, the letter to Galatians, telling people that unless you are circumcised and unless mm. you follow the rules of the law of Moses, you are not saved. Mm. You cannot be saved. And it caused great confusion in the church. And you know, today we have confusion in the church. Mm -hmm. We have great confusion because there is no distinction between the old covenant and the new covenant. There's no distinction. But you know, it's like the cross of Jesus and the, the doctrine of grace. Well, grace is not a doctrine, it's Jesus. Mm -hmm. But grace is presented as a doctrine which is only good enough for salvation, but not mm -hmm. as a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But grace is a lifestyle. Yeah. That is how we live from salvation. And mm -hmm. many people say, well, you're saved by grace, and that's fine, that's, that's now okay, but now you have to use the Ten Commandments and the law to live right. Mm -hmm. That's not the purpose of the law. That's ridiculous because we can't keep it. And what happens is it creates a sin consciousness mm. in the yeah. church instead of a righteousness consciousness. Sure. My goodness, we don't need to have a sin mm. consciousness. We constantly have to come against a sin yeah. consciousness because Satan always yes. wants to lump it on yeah. us. Or people want to lump it on us. We don't need a sin consciousness. We need a righteousness yeah, consciousness. Yeah. We need to stop being aware of our yes. own selves all the time and be self-occupied right. and become Christ-occupied. Yes. Amen. So this is, unfortunately, this is what I experience. I experience a lot of confusion in, in the church as... In general, I'm never speaking of a congregation, a specific congregation. I think I've said that many times. But we live in a new covenant. Yeah. It is established on better promises. He didn't give us a mixture. Yeah. In fact, in Matthew 17, we have a very good example of how important it is to God that we embrace the new covenant of Jesus. And I'm just going to read it. Matthew 17 from verse 1. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And there he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, whilst he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard the voice, they fell face down on the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. 
I just love this section of scripture. Jesus is on the mountain and he's transfigured and they see him in his glory and they suddenly see Moses and Elijah with him. And Peter said, Lord, this is great. We have Moses, we have Jesus, and we have Elijah. Can I put up three shelters? We can have all three. And you know, Jesus didn't answer. But his suggestion caused God to come down in a cloud and speak with an audible voice and said, no, that's basically what he said. He said, Jesus is my son. Not Moses, not Elijah. Jesus is my son. In him I'm well pleased. Not with Moses, not with the ministry of Moses. That is the ministry of the law of condemnation and of death. Jesus is my son. Not Elijah. Elijah, Jesus later explains, was John the Baptist. Not with him. He prepared the way for Jesus to come. His work is finished. Jesus is my son. Listen to him. Obey him. Look to him. What have we got today? Do we only have Jesus? Or do we have all kinds of other things as well? Mm. Jesus is the most important. Mm. It is important for us to read all scripture filtered through the cross. If you read the Old Testament, read it to see what Jesus has done for you. Read it as if Jesus has mm. fulfilled it. Read it as if you are perfect. Don't forget mm. your righteousness. Yeah. Don't forget that mm. you have no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Filter it through the cross of Jesus. Look at it through the cross of Jesus. Mm. See him because it speaks of him. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And it was so wonderful to me when Jesus touched them. He said, don't fear. Don't be afraid, because there's no fear with Jesus. He was the only one left, and he said, don't fear, because fear doesn't come from him. His perfect love casts out fear, it says. We don't have to be afraid of the, of the day of judgment. I want to look at one scripture, 1 John 4, 17 to 18. And it says, this is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have fear for the day of judgment or confidence. Confidence, confidence for the day of judgment. And then he says a most profound thing. He says, in this world, where? In this world. In other words, whilst you're still in this body. We are like Jesus. You are sitting here right now. You are like 
Jesus. Mm -hmm. So why is condemnation still a problem? Condemnation is a problem mainly because of wrong believing. Mm -hmm. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. And Satan is constantly throwing guilt and condemnation mm -hmm. at the believer. You judge yourself, mm -hmm. and you judge yourself as imperfect. You judge someone else as imperfect because they didn't fulfill or comply mm -hmm. to your standard. Or the devil accuses you of wrong behavior, of your own weakness, of traits, of faults, or imperfections. You know, ever since I started this meeting, these meetings, I have been attacked with condemnation. Mm -hmm. And I've been wanting to speak about it earlier, but I just, I couldn't. And it just comes through a friend calling me and accusing me of not calling her or not spending time with her. And I was just busy. Uh, it, was, it was nothing. I was just busy. But when she accused me, it was like my heart was stabbed. Mm. I felt a piercing in my heart. I thought, what is that? It, it was something simple. And then something else happened with someone else. And it was something about the garden. Why did you do that in the garden? And I thought, and it, again I experienced, it was like I'm stabbed in my heart. And I felt this condemnation. And this week again, I something happened, and I, and it was a silly little thing. It was it wasn't a serious thing, but Satan attacks you with condemnation mm. because you know what the result of condemnation is. You hide from God. Mm. Mm. The first thing that Adam and Eve did in the garden was they hid themselves mm. because they felt ashamed. Mm. and immediately and during this week I was preparing I was thinking about this message and I realized and suddenly I, th I heard the voice of Satan say you're a bad mother you're a bad mother you're a bad mother mm. and I I could do nothing else I just went silent I went silent. I didn't speak to my daddy, my other father, who loves me so much. Why? Because I received that condemnation. Mm. I, I don't have it anymore. I've given it to him. So I'm telling you, don't receive mm. condemnation. Mm. If it comes, don't receive it. Say, no, I'm not going to receive it. And if you have received it, just give it to him. Just get rid of it and give it to him. Mm. Say, oh, Daddy, thank you. I'm sorry I received condemnation because there is now therefore no condemnation for me in Christ Jesus. You know, it is important for us to apply what we've learned. It is important to put it into practice. Otherwise, we don't experience change. We, we go from meeting to meeting, from manifestation to manifestation, from prayer to prayer. It is important that we take the truths of what we learn mm -hmm. and apply it, mm -hmm. live it, 
Yes. Do it. Mm. Not as a law, but do it. Otherwise, how will we, mm. you know, you had to receive Jesus. You had to pray a prayer. You had to say something. You had to do something. You had to believe to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Mm. It's the same. This is the lifestyle of grace. <clears throat> it is not a law. It's a lifestyle of grace. If you mm. experience anxiety you know very often stress you stressed about something so what happens if you stressed about something very often you question your own ability very often you question your own ability when you experience stress and anxiety your Jesus said don't worry about anything don't be anxious about anything but come and tell me about it and give it to me, and cast your cares on me, because yeah. I care for you watchfully and affectionately, it mm. says in 1 Peter. And don't receive that. Don't receive anxiety. Don't receive condemnation. Mm. Don't receive these things. But then also, don't dish it out. Don't mm. accuse people. Right. It's easy to accuse people. Mm. It's easy to criticize people. Mm. We, we, I'm sure we all do it from time to time. But there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. Amen. Be easy. Forgive easily. You know, when you have a revelation of how much you have Mm -hmm. been forgiven. Mm -hmm. I have a revelation of how much I've been forgiven. When I've just recommitted my life to the Lord. I learned that I was a new creature in Christ Jesus and old things have passed away. And I thought, oh, this was absolutely wonderful. I've never heard anything like that in my life at the time. This was in 1992. I've never heard it. First time in my life I heard that I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus and old things have passed away. And I thought this was wonderful. And I, and I remember the next morning I was having my quiet time and I was studying and I was praying and I heard this voice. Oh, but that was only until you got born again. And remember, you got born again as a child. It was Satan. He was trying to steal the mm. truth from my heart. He was trying to steal the revelation that I've just received. And I said, oh, what now, Lord? And he spoke to me and he said, but my mercies are new every morning. I didn't understand exactly what that meant, but I just said, oh, thank you. I receive mercy every day. (laughs) But his mercy, he does not deal with us according to our iniquity, is new every day. You see, we have to understand that we've got to separate our identity from our action. Our identity in Christ is perfect. Our identity in Christ is forever. We have been perfected forever. That does not mean that we don't ever do anything wrong. We sometimes do wrong things. We do wrong things every single day. If you have a wrong thought, it's a wrong thing. Mm. But you have been forgiven. You have been set free. And so don't condemn yourself because your actions are not yet perfect. Just begin to walk and just begin Mm. to apply the truth of this 
wonderful revelation in your life and you will find that you are inwardly transformed, manifesting in your life every single day. Amen. 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 Father, we just thank you. We just thank you, Father, for this wonderful gift of no condemnation. We praise you. We worship you. And we thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you.